Hello, this is Eric, your DM, and welcome to the Punch Bowl, our second episode of our interview segment on Join the Party. Even on our off weeks, I'm thinking about D&D, like trying to figure out how to recreate heroes within the game structure. I'm so close to Daredevil, I know I can do it. But I'm also thinking about what it's like to be a player in 2017 and beyond. So I figured I'd put that to good use and talk to those who are pushing the game forward. Creatively, communally, socially, just doing good work. Now as a podcast and a gaming junkie, my iTunes app is clogged with real play podcasts. People who record themselves playing D&D and then release it as a serialized story. Within the massive crowd of these podcasts, some stand out for the relationships between characters, their hilarity, and their ultimate charm. One such is the Venture Maidens. Celeste, Brittany, Sage, and Nassim aren't just making one of the most entertaining real play podcasts out there. They're streaming it live on YouTube with no editing. It's crazy. I don't know how they do it. I asked them about their growth as characters and as players and the expectations for being an all-women's gaming outfit. We're sitting down with two of the Venture Maidens, Celeste, the benevolent DM, who speaks first, and Brittany, also known as Arendelle, the Elven Warlock, who talks next. What up? Hello. Hi, thank you so much for sitting with me. This is the uh, discussion where it's like, I see somebody from like across the room at a party and like I know them from Twitter and that's it. And I just like pick up at like as much punch as I could carry and just like bring it to them and be like, tell me everything about your lives, please. Mm, we appreciate that. We're thirsty. Yeah, <laughs> we're always thirsty. That's good. <laughs> that's exactly what I want to hear. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start out by asking you, do you guys have a game tale? What is the D&D story that you always tell people when uh, you need to, like, shock them or excite them or get them, like, wanting them to play? Oh, I think there's I'm so let, many. Yeah, pick I'm one. Just pick one take good. this one. She's the best storyteller, <laughs> ironically. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, there's so many. And, I, of course, most of the ones I'd like to reference are from the game, and the is capitalized, from when we all lived in the same city. We were all living in San Francisco and it was the game that got me into Dungeons and Dragons. And it went on long after I moved down to San Diego. You know, it was the one that I was cutting my teeth on. And my favorite story is like right before I was moving, I'd already invested a year and a half into this character. And she was my first character. And I love her. Celeste accidentally still calls Arnadel by my other character's name, Lanadel. Granted, it's Elvin, so it's. Well, that's your fault. They're the exact <laughs> same name. <laughs> They're not. It means different things in Elvin. <laughs> um, anyway, I was kind of amped up. I figured Celeste was going to give me a really amazing outro, you know, since I was moving, which she did. That's another story. But the game before the last one, one of our other friends had this like mysterious vial that we'd been saving. I think earlier in the game, he was told never to open it. I think an NPC had paid him not to open this vial. We're in a, a dire straits situation that was really intense. And he opens the vial and it basically unleashes Nerul, the God of dead. And we all no. <laughs> fantastically managed to make constitution saving throws. And we all succeed. Otherwise we would have been killed instantly. And we all turned undead. And I was so <laughs> shocked and like sad and and shocked by that and it oh my just God. hard left I told turn. you not to open it and you <laughs> had to open it I have like seven questions about this scenario 
<laughs> how do you how did you get the whole god of dead into one vial? It wasn't even the whole god of dead. It was just like a little bit of his domain that they just spilled out into the universe and they're like, "Hey, wow, the dead zone." Um <laughs> I was so scared. I was like, "Oh my god, this might be a TPK." And they were like level 15. We had been playing for I don't know, 3 years. And if you do a TPK after three years, you are the evilest of DMs. Just hands down. Yeah, oh I God. cried. I cried. You, you did I was cry. Mad. I had to, like, hug you and hold you and be like, I'm so sorry. I was fucking mad. I was angry. And it, like, bothered me for, like, not even, like, after leaving the game. Like, it, it stayed with me until it got resolved. <laughs> I was so unhappy about playing a an undead druid. What does that even, what do you even have to do as an undead druid? Like you're a, I don't know if you're like moon or you're, I guess, are you like turning into like skeleton, like tigers, which is dope. And I want that. Right. It was, um, it was like, a, we were still playing 3.5. Yeah. They had an undead template that you just applied to characters. So it actually made my life horrible because they don't have constitution saves anymore so nothing i could do to these people would poison them all underwater like whatever and it's just it was crazy somebody had uh inflict wounds and they would just use that to heal themselves over and over again i'm like this is a nightmare great storytelling moment dm nightmare (laughs) terrible for you as a person (laughs) terrible Uh, well, I mean, my favorite just anecdote from that same game was when Brittany was playing her uh, her druid, and I had everybody go down into this like crazy maze that was like Greek mythology inspired, and we were fighting Cerberus, right? This giant dog guardian of the underworld, and she uses polymorph on it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> It's a god. There's no way. There's like the only thing that could possibly do this is if he rolls a one. And he did, and it just oh. ruined this like amazing fight that I had. And she turned him into a kitten. It wasn't a even a puppy. Kitten. And just the, the insult to injury. The best part about this is I had been away from initiative because I had to take a phone call, so I had no idea what was going on. And I kind of go back upstairs and I sit down, and the rest of the group had already spent maybe like ten minutes coming up with a plan like a plan of attack where they were going to take their turns and do fantastic shit. And I just kind of walk up and I'm like, um, baleful polymorph. <laughs> so this definitely goes into my first question. Uh, how long have y'all been playing D&D? I think I started in 2014, the very beginning of 2014. Dang. Yeah. And that was uh house campaigns that we were doing when we all lived together. And then after that, you know, we all moved apart. And we had to keep playing D&D. So about a year ago, I think it was a year last Sunday, we started the Venture Maidens podcast. And uh, everybody on that podcast, we have all played together, yeah, since about 2014. Actually, Nassim and I have been playing since high school, which was a lot longer ago than that. But I don't want to talk about it. Um, (laughs) Quite a while. We've all been playing together. Uh, Celeste, number one rule, you don't tell an interview about your high school days. Oh, God. You don't do I it. No, I don't. Yeah, I'm not giving you any numbers, so don't you dare ask. I won't. Okay, I won't. Party etiquette. <laughs> um, what's different about playing D&D as an adult as compared to playing D&D as a teenager? Do you feel different? Are you making different characters? Are you making different choices? I, well, one, I would instantly say uh, it's a lot easier to play D&D as a teenager because nobody has jobs. So you can <laughs> just play whenever the heck you want. But now I think 
as I've aged, eh, my my plot lines just have a lot more depth to them. Um, you're not afraid to go darker places because, you know, when you're older, you, you've seen some shit. Mm, for sure. Have you been DMing since that time? Oh, yes. I have been a DM for well over 10 years at this point. Oh, dang. Have you ever played? I've had the fortunate experience a lot of times, you know, I'll just insist to my friends. I'm like, I'm DMing too much. I'm going to play in a game. And then they're like, oh, okay. Well, well, so I've actually had a really great balance of being able to PC about 40% of the time. Brittany, even from when you started, like that's three years, probably like every week or every two weeks of playing and you even have a show now. So how do you feel like your decisions are different from when you started? Oh, man, I'm still trying to get better at role playing. So when I moved down here, I was so sad that I didn't have any. I was kind of going through D&D withdrawals. So (laughs) it it pushed me into trying my hand at being a dungeon master. I've only been doing it regularly for a solid six months. That's actually influenced my way of playing as well. Kind of understanding when the DM is giving a cue like, oh, we need to do something or, oh, we should probably explore this. The other side of that coin is I also meta- I tend to metagame a lot more now that I've had a chance to DM because I'm like, oh, I know what that creature is. <laughs> <laughs> like the last couple of games that we've had, I'm like, Oh, I've been real bad. So as far as like a, the more I progress uh, as as a player and how that affects my role playing, I think I'm getting into the swing of how to be a better role player, you know, so that I get as much as I can out of the game as well as like give as much as I can so that my companions in the game have a good time, you know, like, so we'll see how that goes the longer that I play. D&D is really like a team sport. You know, you start out and you go out for it and then you're like, okay, I might have some raw talent, but it really does take working together to create a really cool story. And that's something I think people particularly enjoy about the Venture Maidens is because we've taken so much time to develop that. I'd love to know where Venture Maidens sprung from. What becomes the spark to actually start a show? Celeste, you were the one that sent the mass text out. I think I got really trashed one night and I was like, guys, guys, you know what we have to do? Because I've been an actual play podcast junkie for about two years. I was like, you know, all this D&D podcast, this is so cool. And you know what? We also play really great D&D. And you know what? We're funny as shit. Let's do a podcast. And I actually ended up, yeah, group texting all of these ladies. It was on Brittany's birthday, which I yep. totally didn't <laughs> I remember. Time. Best birthday present ever, right? It was. Our style in particular, and then also the idea of bringing together four folks you wouldn't normally see or hear doing a podcast, uh, playing Dungeons & Dragons, all lady identifying uh, folks. I thought that would be a really cool and really interesting thing. It's definitely something I wanted a lot more of. What is that style? What is it just about your gameplay that you think makes you stand out? I think our relationship, like our friendship with each other, as cheesy as that sounds, like, oh, friendship is the magic. (laughs) Some my little pony shit. Um, (laughs) But I think uh, something I really appreciated that one of our good friends on on the Tweetosphere said, um, the reason I like your podcast is because it's unapologetically yours. And I think that's a really good way of putting it. We have a very distinct kind of style. It's very real. It's very raw. It's very like, 
you know, we're going to talk about what we're drinking and our shitty jokes and, like, all the weird anecdotes, but we're also really serious about D&D, so we kind of have an interesting hybrid style, I guess, or something that's kind of uniquely ours, but we're not afraid of kind of inviting people to the table to play, like, along with an actual experience, you know, how it really feels to be at a table playing Dungeons & Dragons. For sure. I mean, you're definitely tempting that by literally inviting people to watch you play with your live streams. Yeah, man. It's scary. What do you have to do to like prepare for however many people to watch you live stream? Is it like you're cleaning up for a party or do you have to psych yourself up in some other way? Can we say take shots? Is that a... <laughs> That's fair. Taking shots is fair. <laughs> no, I... I, I... Only sometimes. <laughs> I feel like when we sit down to play our live stream, it's like the Kramer entrance on Seinfeld. We all just like burst, like sit down super quick, sign in sometimes like immediately at 830. Um, I've been late to our live stream before. And yeah, it's just like a shit show, <laughs> but it works. Creative chaos, I think, is a good way to describe. Born in the fires of Mount Doom, we begin our live stream. <laughs> I feel like I would have the pressure of people watching me. And it sounds like you're retaining a lot of the same things that happen when you play. Eventually, every real player needs to answer the question, what is it like playing in a regular game as opposed to like playing in a game that's recorded? But it sounds like you've kind of flattened that totally. I've mentioned this before. I'm, I'm pretty strong on this point. Uh, my number one goal with this podcast was to not let the fact that we're doing a podcast change how we play the game. So that's something I really promised myself. I'm like, I'm not going to give anybody a different experience than I would at a table. And it's cool that people are here with us, but my primary purpose is to make a good game and have everybody enjoy it. And I think that focus actually helps create a more natural and an easier space. You know, when it's the same space uh, we've been playing in for, you know, four years or however many, uh, it feels the same I can speak firsthand and I feel confident in putting words in Nassim and, and Sage's mouth for this as well. It does not feel like we're doing a show. We're, we're literally just playing D&D the same way that, you know, we definitely are keeping in mind that we should not go on a bunch of side quests. But as far as playing, it's exactly like what we're used to when we're sitting at an actual table. And I think that might be why it... it I mean, that's why I enjoy it. So I hope that's why other people enjoy listening to it. I think the other thing is the other people enjoying it. So you say it's not different when you're setting up the cameras, but it has it changed at all now that you have fans and a network and I guess fan art is the thing that blows me away. Like you see people actually making drawing, putting in creative effort to representing this thing that y'all are making up. Does that change anything? Does that modify the way, or I guess even put a weight on you? I feel a little bit of pressure and it grows more and more each day. I'm just like, oh my God, I want to do better because like there are so many loving, giving, wonderful people out there who are like invested and committed. And I'm just like, oh, I want to be all of your DMs, right? Like I want to, like, I want you all to have a good game experience. So it's, it's ramping up a little bit for me, but at the end of the day, you know, you have to step back and the rest of the maidens. So Brittany in particular is really good at reminding me to like breathe. You're doing great. <laughs> uh, people like what you're doing. So keep doing that. Uh, but it is a reminder I have to go through. 
I, I feel bad. I feel I don't feel pressure at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> I I mostly I feel like it's like virtual high fiving when people do that. Um, I, I look at a lot of fan art, and as a professional artist myself, I make art just because I like it. And if I happen to be inspired by one thing or another, I'm going to make art regardless. So maybe that's why I don't feel the pressure from things like that. I'm just like, fuck yeah, like you're doing your thing. Thanks for, I'm glad we're inspiring you for this particular piece. That's a huge compliment. Um, it is a huge compliment, but I don't, I, like I said, I feel kind of bad. I don't have that pressure. I'm just like, right on, high five. And I keep, you know, doing my thing. <laughs> oh man, there are, there have been a few reviews on our podcast where people are so kind and they're specifically like, Celeste, I love your DMing style. I have learned so much, like, your role model. And I'm like, oh, my God, I never in 20 <laughs> years would have thought I was anybody's role model. And now I have to, like, people are looking to... <laughs> noises. Uh, All the It's noises. great. It's wonderful. And it, it makes me want to do better. And I think it's producing better games, which is great. It's really powerful. Mm. Brittany, I'm extremely jealous of this coolness that you have running through your veins so that's <laughs> awesome it's, it, it doesn't exist anywhere else i have intense anxiety and celeste's seen massive anxiety attacks from me so it's i'm really grateful that it doesn't manifest in that realm <laughs> you just gotta have a camera on you at all times just like reality show it up be like you oh know God. what when people are watching me i'm just like the coolest person in the room <laughs> Y'all touched on this a little bit in the beginning. You are four women-identified players putting yourselves out there, making this show. What did you expect when you launched an all-women D&D podcast? I think at the beginning, you know, we had a solid, candid conversation like, okay, we don't really know what we're getting ourselves into, and there are a lot of internet trolls out there, and a lot of people who... You know, we've read horror stories about people having terrible experiences, like just trying to game at like anywhere. But I think when we got into it, we really found that the community that embraced us was so welcoming and receptive and wonderful. So I think we've had nothing but a positive experience so far. You know, every once in a while, there's something that's a little, uh, but one individual in the sea of the support we've received. It's, it's awesome. I think, too, just focusing on, like, this is what we normally do, and then that slight acknowledgement in the back of our heads that they're, a lot of times, women are underrepresented in gaming. The thing that I we constantly run into is, like, oh, we do an all-female podcast, but, like, the DM's a dude. Ooh, <laughs> We're really? like, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I'm like... Like guys will be like, guys will be like, oh well, my whole group were women, and I'm like, yeah, but you're running it, like, (laughs) yeah, they didn't like that disparity, like they didn't quite get it, and so I think the thing that we like to focus on is it's not so much the gender thing, just as a hey, like we're doing our thing. Also, women can DM, (laughs) like. Yeah, and it's a really good one. We can DM, we play, we edit the whole thing, we produce. So that's our team. It's a really cool little net. Like we're we're doing it all. And I think rather than being like a oh, this is a social statement, it's just like holding a look, we do this and we do this well and here's a torch for anybody interested or lost or feeling like they can't do it too. I really like the idea of us just showing people like, yeah. Here you go. Everybody can do this. Come on. Let's all come to the party. Let's all sit at the table. 
Uh, we did like a one Reddit post one time, and that blew oh, up, and most of the comments crazy. were about that. Oh shit! Yeah. I just remembered that. I saw that like a while ago when y'all were first starting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my that was crazy. That inspired a hundreds of comments worth of war, and they're like. Why are you promoting as, like, you have women on there? That's sexist. It's not our only marketing tactic, man. We're just, like... Ob- that was on the third comma. <laughs> Come on. I don't even... Like, what did you even say in that post to elicit such fervor? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I was like, hey, uh, we just started a new 5th edition actual play podcast featuring an all-lady cast. If you want to check it out, here's the link. Like that's it. Yeah, but people people just like writing shit. Like, most of the comments were great. I think it was really awesome to see such a lengthy discussion pop up from just one post. Um, I had to turn my phone off because uh, I was like, Celeste, did you do something recently? I did do something. Because <laughs> the, the Wix, you know, I use Wix for our website and I get notifications for when people visit and when people send messages and my phone was exploding. I had to turn it off because I was like, what did you do? Yeah. One of our producers from Don't Split the Podcast Network, he actually ended up calling me and was like, what? What happened? Did somebody famous blog about you? What happened? I was like, no, I just made a Reddit post, man. And uh, yeah, our downloads spiked like by a couple thousand. I think that's something that super bothers me is that without having just like a wide range of people in your party, you can just like have people do messed up stuff while you're role playing. Like you have so much invested and then someone's like, oh, and then I'm going to like hit on this elven queen and like make jokes about her for the entire time. Or like it even gets even worse. Once every two, three days now, someone puts a comment on our D&D saying how they don't want to play D&D anymore because like someone made them uncomfortable. It can be horrifying. And I think something that's really, really been so incredible about the Venture Maidens podcast, and for if for no other reason, I'm so glad we've done this. Um, a lot of women have reached out to us and said, hey, like, I never considered that I would be able to play D&D. Like, I didn't even realize, like, you could get a bunch of your girlfriends together and play. Like, you guys have really inspired me to play. And now I feel comfortable approaching the game. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing Ever. I don't care how many downloads we get. Like, I don't care how hard this is. Like, hearing that is just everything. It's me- so much. Me- I can't even words how great that is. <laughs> Celeste, how do you feel about being a female DM, running a story for all of your friends and for all of the uh, other women in your life? I feel awesome about it. You know, I've been DMing for so long and I've intentionally, I've DM'd at cons, I've DM'd at local game stores, I've really put myself out there. It's been, you know, sometimes people come to the table and they're really aggro about it, but I would confidently say that almost everybody walking away who ever gave me trouble after being in one of my games takes me seriously. I think I'm a force to be reckoned with in the world of DMing. And I'm very proud of it. And I want to hold that torch. That's awesome. All right. So don't worry. I have some fun questions for you now. Like, it's good. Okay. I've had a lot of trouble explaining to my mom what I do after work all this time. I'm like, okay, like, we're playing a game, but then we're recording it. And then I edit it. And like, but it's fantasy. How do you explain what your I guess your lives are at this point. How do you explain it to someone who has no idea what you're talking about? I have had to explain this so many times. I can't even tell you all of them. But I say, okay, it's not like a board game. You all just sit around the table 
and you tell a story together and you all play characters and then the dungeon master plays everybody else and you all just kind of make a story together. Uh, which actually doesn't work most of the time and people are super <laughs> confused. Um, and then they're like, but why are there dice? I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And then I'm like, D20s are like fate, right? And it's just, it's fate and how, how the number is comparative. So like 20 is like, great, you know, good luck. And then one is terrible and everything in the middle is okay. And <laughs> But then they're like, oh, but character sheets and math. I'm like, how do you know that there's math involved, but you don't know it's not a board game? I think playing some card games has more math in it than D&D. Yeah. You just I, add. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I just I, Yeah. I suck at math. I'm legit handicapped at math. Like, there's many times in game I'm like, hey, guys, what's this plus this? <laughs> I always just tell people, you know what? Let me run a game for you. I remember it was last Thanksgiving, I ran a game for my family. They decided that I should run Dungeons and Dragons for them. So I had my grandma, my mom, my two aunts, my uncle sitting around the table. And uh, we ran through a silly little like quasi fairyland sort of thing. But they all had a really great time. And now actually my aunt is like, I love Venture Maidens. This is the coolest. <laughs> and she like texts it to all her friends and it's really cute. But I think playing it is the best way to understand, and I always encourage that. I'm going to try that. I, I should just run it for my mom. She still has no idea what I'm doing. I bet she'd love it. She did. My mom's <laughs> like five feet tall and like 100 Aww. pounds. So like I'm just going to make her like this giant barbarian and see what happens. Yes. <laughs> it's probably all she's ever wanted in her life. That's entirely possible. <laughs> she has rage, too, when she talks on the phone to like customer service. She messes them up. You need that professional skill. She definitely does. Okay, uh, those are all the questions I have. Do you guys want to plug your stuff? You want to do your spiel? For all of our links to not only our YouTube, our Twitter, our Twitch, our Facebook, our Instagram, go to www.theventuremaidens.com. Of course, if you do want to connect with us on Twitter, it's at Venture Maidens. That's the rest of our Usernames are pretty much that. If you want to connect with me personally, uh, go to Twitter at C. Conowich. That's phonetic, so hopefully you can find us. And actually, we live stream every other Wednesday, so I'm not sure when this episode is coming up, but uh, probably a Wednesday near you at 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. And if you want to reach out to me directly on Twitter or Instagram, I'm more active on Instagram. Both of my usernames are the same. It's Visual Warlock. Visual is spelled with a Z. Nice. All right. Thank you all for sitting down. And that was the Punch Bowl. See you later. Woo! Punch. (laughs) I hope this is spiked. (laughs) 